bringing us the word tonight is the one and only Pastor Shake Anderson. This Sunday was February 1st. So that means Shake has been serving here for five years. Can we give him a hand? Hey! He's a man who wears many hats. He's not only a worship pastor. I tease him about all the hats he wears. He's a counselor. I mean, can't nobody come to him with troubles that he doesn't have empathy for and some some truth to apply to their situation. He's a great cook, wears the chef's hat very well, musician, guitar player, bass, all these other things, father, husband, and man of God, and preacher of the word. So, Pastor Shake, come right on and bring us the yeah, bread of life. Amen. That's, that's the, probably the most important one. Which one? Great friend. Great friend. Great that's friend. right. And I, and, I'm, and I am a friend by example. And I mean that because I'm, I'm a friend of God, and he is teaching me daily how to be a friend. Daily how to love, every moment how to receive and give. So, praise God for that. Well, gentlemen, welcome. I'm glad you could be here. I, I was going to prepare a little outline and all that, but um, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And so, you'll just have to roll with me. if you. And I was given the honor, because it is always for me at least, an honor to share any time in this church because I know the power of the word going forward in this church. So it's always an honor when I get allowed to to stand up before you and share anything. Um, I was, um, this, this week has been an interesting week for me. Um, I've been married... Um, going a little bit more than eight years now. I've been at this church um, five. And my wife went to our hometown, to Kentucky. She left last week. And I have to tell you, it has been an experience because, and I say that because um, you don't realize how much you love someone until they leave. And in leaving, I mean, I leave all the time to travel to this state. But it's a whole other ball game. So it's been an interesting week for me. I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about my son, and hopefully a lot of uh, hopefully some things that the Lord has revealed to me that will make me a better person. I was given uh, for this week this lesson. First uh, John, if you have your Bibles, First John five, and um, and we'll start at five. As a matter of fact, today is the uh, yeah says fourth. Receiving God's testimony is what it has here in the Timeless Truths Study Guide. I guess is what we'll call that the study sheet. And if you will, let pray with me. Lord, we just thank you for this time that you've given us, God. You've allotted us a specific time to share. You've allotted us a specific time to learn of you. We know that this is a daily undertaking, and we are to learn of you with every moment of our lives, God. We ask that you bless the words that come from my mouth. Holy Spirit, take over now and hide me, if you will, behind Calvary's cross. In the name of Jesus, Amen. And I want to—I'll start this reading because I, um, this has been an interesting uh, lesson for me because um, when I started reading it, um, the, the, I got something, but I—but I didn't. I don't know. I—I I, I read it with this idea that something was going to leap out at me. And then, boom, that would be where I would go from, you know. And then when I took it, um, I went back to the the study, the list of, of messages, and I said, well, maybe if I look at receiving God's testimony, maybe if I do it that way, something will leap out. And still nothing nothing came. And so I was, talk, I was talking to my father in the ministry, who I respect, with, uh, literally with my life 
he's one of three men that I, I respect with my life. And I, I told him, I said, Dad, I said, I've, I've been given this awesome opportunity to speak. And I said, nothing's coming. And he said, man, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> and here's a guy who preaches 10 to 20 times a week. And he said, he said, son, he said, he said you sound worried. I said, I am because there's there's some really great word going forth about this. Matter of fact, I told him a little bit about Elder Greg's message on Sunday, and we talked about the series that we had been on the UR series. What I gleaned from that, and he said, he said, I'm going to tell you again. I have to tell you this every now and then. He said, you need to get out of that life of comparison. There's no room in there for you. Yeah. Yours is not a life that's set up like that. You you are a maverick in everything you do. And this is coming from my father. He said, everything you're going to do is going to be fresh. So you have to trust God to give it to you. Trust the Holy Spirit to give you an understanding when he gives it to you. So did you receive that as God's testimony? <laughs> you know, I just did. Yeah, just, just when you told me that, I just yeah. You know, there's days when I want to be this. I want to be this profound guy. I want to be this really smart guy in the room. And you know, I don't, there's days when I want to be that, James. But those days don't come. You know, just, so I'm again. I'm who I am. So uh, let's start reading at uh, verse five. It says, "Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God?" Now I'm reading to you from the King James version. Um, and it's a, I don't know why, but for some reason, the older I get, the more this particular version makes sense to me. Um, I used to have to read from the NIV, or, you know, they even have um, one that's more kind of, I'll call it hood for where I'm NLP. from. Huh? The New Living Translation. You know, I used to have to read from those, but, but lately... And maybe it's because of what, what's been placed in me. I have to read from here. But in saying that, after all that I had just said to you, when I read this, upon reading that very first line, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Boom, revelation. There you go. Because that's, that ultimately is our statement of faith. That ultimately is where we hang our hats. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Amen. Now, now, really, to be honest with you, if you don't, you don't believe that, then you're kind of in the wrong place because foundationally everything we do is rooted in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Everything we do. We get up. We live. We have our being. We breathe. We move. We think. We, everything we do is rooted in the faith. And the belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Matter of fact, if we don't have that, we don't even have the very pillars or the rocks, the foundation of, of our lives. We don't have any of that. And so we obviously we want to get to a place where we're expounding on that and we're getting deeper and we're starting to understand more of why we believe the things that we believe. But I can tell you this. I was uh, a new... Christian early in life, you know, obviously I was, I got saved at six years old. At six I got saved, but now I didn't have an understanding of who Jesus was. I just knew that I believed in God and I believed that he had a son named Jesus. Those are, those are the things I believed at six years old. I believed in God and I believed he had a son named Jesus. Now if you ask me anything beyond that, First of all, I was going to shut up because, you know, I wasn't real argumentative. But more importantly, I didn't feel like I knew a whole lot beyond that. And I didn't want to be challenged in my faith. Does that make sense? You know, when you're young, you can take one of two ways. My son is quite different than I am. My son will make up things as he goes. And, and either they become true because I don't argue with him, or I have to break, you know, have to break his little theories down. But the reality is, for me, that was a great thing 
to just have this unnecessarily founded at six years old faith that Jesus was the Son of God. And to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you at six, I couldn't tell you why. Hadn't had enough life to really, you know what I'm saying, hadn't gone through enough life to really say, well, here's what he's proven to me, here's what he's shown to me. I didn't have enough of that. What I had was, for whatever reason, I believe in God, and I believe he had a son named Jesus. And that's all my life was based on. But now, as I kept living, as my mom used to say, keep on living, as I kept living, time and time again, there were evidences and proofs and different things along the way that made me that bolstered my faith that there not only was a God, not only did he have a son named Jesus, but then also I started to come into this idea that, you know what, he cares about me. You know what, he's concerned about my livelihood and my life. And and things would happen, you know, when you grow up poor, um, I've, I've spoken with some of you before about this. When you grow up poor, um, you don't always have a lot of things to balance your life with. You know, your whole existence is on survival. And for me, it was, you know, I, I was six. We were really, 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 I should put, put a few more reallys on there, poor. And then music became a big part of my existence. Now, up until I was right at 12, I didn't I didn't really play an instrument. I mean, I grew up, you know, playing piano, playing organ, different things. I even got lessons from some pretty famous people who would come to our church, come to our city, and for whatever reason, because we were singing. Because my brother and I started, we started singing, recording. And so the proof in the thing was, okay, we are... We are. One of the earliest times that that was proven to me was, I think I must have been seven, seven and a half. And our house caught fire. And it caught fire because we had a coal uh, stove that sat in the middle of the, in the middle of the living room. In the wintertime, we didn't have, a, our furnace didn't work, so we all slept in the living room. And we came home from church late, late one night. And my sister's job was to put coal in the in the stove. And she was putting coal in the stove. And I remember, you know, just kind of looking up, thinking to myself, you know, is, is the fire supposed to be up there? Um, and it, what it was is, is, you know, it wasn't installed properly, whatever the flue or whatever you call that, the pipe that goes into the wall. And so, you know, sparks or whatever from the coal had hit consistently enough, and just the the whole wall it just it caught fire. So I'm telling my sister, um, I, I you know I, I think that's wrong. And of course she freaked out. And my mom got us out of the house, and basically by the time the fire department got there. That particular room was pretty much over. You know, the wall was, you know, and, and I don't know if, I don't blame them, but to me, firemen do more damage than, you know, for, for a seven year old kid. I'm just thinking you get a water hose, spray it, put that little bit of fire out, and that's it. No, they got to tear this wall out, they got to tear this out, they, they did something for some reason with the floor, just, you know, that's just ruined. A perfectly good rule, but, you know, we could have passed that wall and we have been done. But anyway, the point what I'm getting to you is I remember my mother crying outside. We're standing by the fire truck, and she's crying. And what I didn't know was at the time is, see, we didn't own that house. We were We were renting. At that point, we didn't own that house. Uh, we were renting. And... Our landlord was a doozy, and she knew that not only would we not have a place to stay, but this guy was going to come after her with both barrels. And back then, we didn't have renter's insurance. 
Um, and so she caught a lot of grief over that. Well, my sister, who's three years older than I am, grabbed me and my two brothers and said, Come on, Sammy, Admiral, Fred, we got to pray. Now, I don't, at this point, I don't know what prayer does for anybody. I really don't know. I just know that I believe there's a God. I believe there's Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, now's the time to find out if if they're real. So at seven and a half, we, we're in the circle, outside in the cold, you know, don't know where we're going to go, don't know where we're going to live. And I'm praying, and I'm praying for real. And, and maybe... I don't know, 30 minutes after they put the fire out and everything, uh, a blue Dodge, it's like the Scooby-Doo van, um, pulls up, guy gets out, uh, Miss Blaney, that's my mama's name, Miss Blaney, uh, I don't know why, but I had to drive down this street tonight. I happened to be driving by, and I see you and your kids standing outside. Is everything all right? Obviously, nothing. everything's not all right. Fire trucks are out there. There's water and you name it everywhere. And before he, she can say anything, he says, don't worry about it. He said, we, want, we can do one of two things. I can get you out of the hotel room or I can take you to my house. My, mom, my, my wife will feed your kids. You guys can stay there as long as you need to. Till we figure this out. It's the first time. For me, that was an answer to prayer. Later, find out that this is Reverend Eddie Splunge, who my mother had known for quite a while but hadn't seen for some years. And just through us praying, he shows up. Some people wouldn't take a lot from that, but that made an impression for me. So let's go on. Let's continue on. We'll come back to that. Okay, so our statement of faith for me is in verse 5. Then it says, verse 6 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is the truth. And I'll continue reading on. We'll come back to that. Verse 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to. I'm going to go back to six, but I just when when it said the Father and the Word, I thought to myself, man, that's in that something because there are three that bear witness: of the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And the Word bears witness to itself because Jesus. We know that Jesus is the Word, so it's it's that Jesus is obviously verifies himself, his own validity, his own. Uh, I, I just found that really uh, interesting. So I, I, w- I will come back to that. And these three are one. And, and then verse 8 says, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. 9 says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself, and he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record God gave of his Son. Not the record that God gave of his Son. You know, um, in verse 7 it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Well, if you go to John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And you, and you know the whole thing. Matter of fact, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, obviously, I, I think most of us would agree that they're talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. So he's he's all John is saying that okay this guy was here long before I had a recollection of him and the proof is in himself 
I, sometimes that's something difficult to wrap my mind around because the idea, but I know this. Here's what I do know. My son was at school one day, and and there's a little kid there whose father is a musician. And so they got into this discussion about musicians. And, you know, seven-year-old kids, six-, seven-year-old kids, their discussions aren't, um, well, your dad's eloquent and da-da-da-da. It's my dad can outplay your dad. That's their discussions. My dad's better than your dad. And so da 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 Well, a cor- a, a, apparently, you know, this kid, uh, I think his name is Caden, his dad plays with a little group around town. He plays bass. And uh, and so Bubby wasn't having it because apparently Caden had said, my dad's better than your dad, so Bubby wasn't, wasn't having it. And he was to the point that he was frustrated to no end. With this, with this, with his friend Caden for saying that my dad's better than your dad. My dad's a better musician than your dad. So what Bubby wanted me to do was uh, he'd come into the studio at the at the house and I have some plaques. He wanted to take a gold record to school to show it to this kid to prove to them that my dad's better than your dad because my dad's got gold records. Well, no, we first of all we can't do that. Obviously, but in his mind, his face in me is such that it didn't matter who it was. It wouldn't matter. It could be, and I know. See, this is the hard part. I know some of the greatest musicians in the world. I, I know them. I'm friends with them, and I consider myself a real musician. But you know, there's there's levels to the realness. And they're just like. There's basketball players, if I argue, or football, actually, because football would probably be the better way to go with most of you guys in Texas. If I said who's the greatest quarterback to ever play in Texas history, some would say, Starback, right? Yeah. Some would say, before, who, who preceded Starback? Meredith. 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 And after him came Tony Romo, right? Aikman. Oh, oh. See, look, look. See? And see, the real hang-up, the real hang-up now is between Aikman and Romo. Because I, I don't think anybody denies Starback his position in history. But the real hang-up is between those two. So, but, but how do you realistically prove who's better? Really, really, because... Isn't it subject to the time that you lived? Isn't it subject to the time that they played? Isn't it subject to the circumstances? Well, God's not that way. Jesus is not that way. Does that make sense? Jesus is not bound by his greatness and who he is. The record of who he is is not bound by the period that he lived in. Jesus is just as great today as he is a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago. As he will be 50 years from now, a hundred years from now. Now, here's the real hanging point for me. It says, who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? But you can't overcome without faith. I spent a lot of time sick, a lot of time sick. One of the things I learned real fast was, my faith in who Jesus was in my life is the only thing that matters. didn't matter who came and prayed for me. didn't matter who said I would or wouldn't get well. didn't matter who said I would, would never sing again or never. It didn't matter. What mattered is what I believed. It was a personal thing. And that's what our relationship that's what to this this whole thing, this this book, and all the truth that's in here. If you allow yourself to be blinded or hear one lie, it negates your reception of all the precious truth that's here. Again, I know that flies in the face of you know <coughs> someone that's that's really astute because. You know, you'll say, well, you know, I don't have to know. Well, 
Here's what I do know. Again, I'm six years old. I believe that there is a God, and he had a son named Jesus. And when I pray to him, he's going to answer me. And I found out for the first time at seven years old that he was going to answer. Let's move forward. Now, again, I'm, I'm, the way the, I'm judging the way you were looking at me, you know. I said something that jarred you, you there. You don't care because you believe. Huh? You don't care because you know. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And listen to this. It is, Levin says, and this is the record that God has given us, eternal life and life in his son. Now, I think I'm supposed to stop at 11. But it, it the, 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 the problem with stopping at 11 is the rest of that's tied to that. But So I'll read it, but I won't, you know, go into that because I want to give you time to process. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you. Believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, again, I'm going back to, and this is the record that God hath given us eternal life, and this is the life this life is in his son. Now, I, I uh, crossed some some scriptures because I wanted to to be able to, he that believeth on the son hath the witness in, in himself. I wanted to be able to, uh, let's see, let's go to, we'll go to Romans 8, 16. Romans 8, 16. Now, for me, this this was shed light on for me at, on that little six-year-old kid. Or well, seven and a half, actually. This shed light on it. Romans 8 and 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. But 16 says, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. Seven and a half years old, praying to God, and, the, and there was a confidence that something's going to happen. Now what? I don't know. I didn't, you know, obviously didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that Reverend Blanche was going to come up and pick us up in that situation. I had no clue. My, you know, my mom's out there having a hard time with this. But at seven and a half, when my sister said, we need to pray, mine was real. And, and mine was real, because, you know, again, at six, seven, eight, even nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, could have been a, just a few years ago when it really affirmed itself. But at seven, I didn't know. I, but my spirit was, was, was agreed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus loves you. He's concerned about you. And yeah, this is a bad situation, but God is going to take care of you. It's going to be all right. You know, if we, um, everybody look at our lives, if you look at your life, there have been situations when you didn't have an answer. You know, you didn't know how you were going to, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know what my health is going to be like. I'm facing a health scare, I don't know what that's going to be like. You know, you've had those situations. You've had situations with relationships with, look, God, you've got to do something about this. You know? Um, has anybody ever worked for just a mean boss? Anybody ever had that? Just a mean boss, just just mean for no reason, just like they get joy in being mean to you. I had a, I had a, I had a time and a half, man. Try to serve God. Working with a with a with a fella. And I just remember saying to the Holy Spirit when I would pray, I'd say, if it's not my time to leave, then don't allow me to leave. But you gotta help me get through this. And I never will forget just 
he would do things that, that in my mind I would go, these guys would know that that's going to hurt me. You know, I would I would think that to myself. This guy's got to know that that's going to hurt me. He's got to know that's going to hurt my feelings. He's got to know that that's not helping me. He's, he's, there's no way he doesn't see that. But not only do I now know that it kind of didn't matter what he knew. My faith was in God. It has to be. It had to be. It had to be in that, God, you've, you've equipped me, and I'm strong enough for this. I'm going to make it through this situation, and at some point you're going to get glory from this very situation. At some point. Now, was it was it while I was going through it? No, it wasn't while I was going through it, because it's just men being men in, in flesh. And I was looking at Matthew's con- the commentary, and one of the things it said when it we're dealing with this. This verse it says, We are inwardly, and I took the time to type it out. It says, We are inwardly and outwardly defiled. Inwardly by the power and pollution of sin in our nature. For our cleansing, there is in and by Christ Jesus the washing of generation and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We are inwardly and outwardly defiled. But it goes on to say there's a cleansing in in by Christ Jesus. So there's there's what what I take that to mean is there will be situations that are outwardly evil. Period. There's no way around it. But because we are cleansed by Christ Jesus, we're equipped to go through those circumstances. We're equipped. We we. Um, his word says he will not put more on us than we can bear. It doesn't say he won't let us face challenges. It doesn't say he won't let us suffer. It doesn't say there won't be hard times. It doesn't say there won't be trials. It doesn't say just because you're a believer, oh, everything is going to be hunky-dory and it's going to be wonderful. But our faith has to be such that we know who he is and whose we are. And I I don't, um, well, let me, let me move forward. Nine says, uh, John, First John 5, and then it says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. But this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. There was a, um, I'm, I'm thinking, um, yeah, yeah, that's what the Son, if, in Matthew 3.16, if you go there because it says he's testified of his son. Matthew three sixteen, here's one example that I found. It says and Jesus when he was baptized went straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened up unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I don't know if you can get a, a more direct record of of someone's approval than the voice of God Himself. Now I, I was, you know, I got kind of hung up on that whole voice of God thing because, and I was, at one one time I was reading in Genesis and it says in the and um, Adam. So let me let me go make sure I got it right because I don't want to say it wrong. Because I just I was just so intrigued with that. It says, um, yeah, and it says they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and it's easy to go past that, you know. They heard the voice of the Lord walking. How do you hear a voice walking? I mean that that to me sounds. I, I'm intrigued with that. And at one point I thought, okay, 
the voice, the word? Is it is it that? Is it that he saw Jesus was around? I mean, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So is it that he, the voice of the Lord, is, could that be the word of the Lord? I mean, does that, for me, that that's intriguing. Would Adam have seen Jesus? Entirely possible, right? Let us make man. Let us make him in our image. He certainly saw God and he certainly knew the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and, and Jesus himself says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that, isn't that something? So where does the confirmation come from? It comes from someone who has been here since before there was time. Obviously, that's where it comes from. So I don't know. I know that that sounds probably sounds like a rabbit trail, but for me, that was a pretty serious thing. Is the voice of the Lord walking? I've yet to see a voice walk. I haven't, I haven't seen a voice take all the physical presence. So I'm, I'm intrigued with all of these things. But Well, a voice speaks the word and is the word. Mm-hmm. The voice was saying was the word. It's completely. No, go ahead. Coming back to that, I'm always reminded of the story of the uh, doctor and the patient. Mm -hmm. You know, the patient asked the doctor, do you believe in God? The doctor says, well, yes, I do. And uh, the guy goes, how if there's no actual proof? He's like, well, this for instance. Whistles real fast and all of a sudden you hear scratching at the door. You know, scratching at the door. Opens the door. And runs to the dog and jumps into his lap and he's holding his dog and starts petting it. He's like, well, it's no different between this relationship. Like, I, I only know his voice. I only know praying to him. I know his word. Um, and when it was my time to be called. Called, you. I will go to him. Just as when I called my dog here, he didn't know it was on the other side of this door. He just knew his master was on the other side of that door, mm-hmm. calling for him. That's all he knew. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. That's all I needed to know. And that's all my he needed to know. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I mean, is that so different? Hmm. When it's like, when he calls us, we're gonna go go to him. Mm-hmm. He is our master. He's our father. Just as that dog in that story, he was called. He didn't know it was on the other side of the door. It could have been the bottomless black pit. All the dog was nowhere. He just knew his master was there calling him. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to an even greater truth for us. The Bible says that no, those who love me know my voice. They know my voice. I, I don't care where my son is in this building. If I say, Bobby, he knows my voice. It also goes on to say, a stranger they will not. But, you know, that, to me, there's a there's a level to this within the context of our faith. The Bible says we go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Um, and I, I think that that, and Pastor, you, Elder Greg, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I think that that means that there's levels to glory. There's stages and that there's levels. Because I, I, I've, I've come to understand this about my life, especially in, as it applies to the word and to faith. What I knew at six and seven years old, while that was pure, and that carried me at six and seven, it didn't work for me when I was 32. 
At 32, I'd seen enough life and enough tragedy, and I'd had enough expression to, well, you know, that was, as a matter of fact, I could reason it away at 32. You know, I could, I could go, okay, well, that was just a six-year-old kid, da 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 But now, at 32, and then 40, now 50, there's, there, I've seen some things that have made me go, you know, whew, I'm glad I believe in God. But I also I also go, there have been times when I was like, it was really hard to keep my faith strong. Anybody else been in that in that place? There have been some times when I when I, you know, Lord, I, Lord, I, sh- you know, I I remember um, saying, Lord, I sure hope you're real in this. I remember saying that because for me, I was being beat up pretty good, and I wanted that whooping to stop. I wanted that those those hard times to end. I wanted that situation to be over with. But I love the idea. Yeah, and I, matter of fact, I um, um, I think this is another thing, Elder Greg. I asked you about Sunday when we were talking, when you were, when you were sharing, and uh, Elder Greg shared with us one of the things he says. Um, Jesus tells Peter that Satan has requested to sift you like, is it wheat? Yeah. He's requested to do this. But I prayed for you. <coughs> and because and, and you know he but I prayed for you. And basically you're gonna you're gonna come through this and when you come through it, I want you to encourage your, brother. your brothers. Well, what is that saying? Well, to me, that's saying your faith is strong enough. It's going to be rough because I'm going to allow this to happen. But your faith is strong enough that you're going to come through this and you're going to encourage the other guy that he's going to come after. You know, that, again, who is this that overcomes the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus is telling Peter, I pray for you, man. It's going to be rough. But I know that you have it in you to come through this. And not only do you have it in you to come through this, but when you come through this, I want you to encourage the others that have to go through what you're going through. And then when when I was when I was talking with Elder Greg, uh, it immediately took me to Job because I remembered God and Job's conversation, and God saying to to not God and Job, well God and Job had a conversation too, but but the, but Satan and the Lord's conversation is, and God saying to Satan, "Do what you will, but don't mess with his soul. You have permission." But I found Job to be a man that I can trust. So I'm going to let him go through this. And we know that Job went through his trials. We know that he went through his struggles. We know that he went through all that he went through. But his faith bore him out. I think that's where we have to believe. I think that's where we have to hang our hat, you know, is, we live in a pretty confusing time now. We live in a really in a crazy world, man, you know, where if we don't have faith, if we don't rest and hang our hats on our faith and what we know to be the word of God, we're lost. Amen. So there, there are going to be people in our lives that are sandpaper. That's their whole job is to be rough and and. and and mean and just because that all that does is finish us. Did I say something wrong? I just remind him <laughs> of the sandpaper character. Yeah, we 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 all have those those people that no matter what you do, it's not gonna be good enough. No matter how nice you are, they're not gonna be pleased by your actions. But they're there for a reason. 
and make us ultimately who we become. See, I have, I like to think, I have a level of compassion that I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. had I not dealt with this guy. Now, the difference is, this was, was a man of God. So that's that's part of it. But more importantly, a man is a man is a man. The Bible says in King James, man is born of a woman, and in a few days is full of, in the Old Testament it says serpents, it says trouble, it says all these things, but a man is a man is a man. So I learned that physical being that is nasty, mean, I have to see past that and see what God is using. And, and how he's using it. Because he used him to get glory from my life. And so for that, I have to even be thankful to this guy. That makes sense. I I have to ultimately go, you know what, thank you, Lord. Man, that was rough. Don't want to go through that again. Now so you ask me would you would you work for him again? Probably if I if I can help it, no. <laughs> yeah. Lord I, if it's your will, I will bear this cup. But if there's any way around it, let it not be so. That that would be my prayer. It would be wrong. You know why? Because along the way, and that was a long time ago, right? It ain't been that long ago. <laughs> Bringing you to where you're at now with the happiness, the love, and the spiritual conviction in your family that's burst out when I see you and your wife and your precious child. Children, mm-hmm. okay. you would not have gotten this point at the heart of your predetermined, what I believe, predetermined path comes strong in what you do. No, no, I, I agree. That, I agree with that. I'm saying to you that I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One Pastor, yeah. Oh, yeah, once is enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? have input before we go to the callers. Now, James. The Bible says Abraham believed God. Yes. That's Mm. what we started with, believe. You know, you believe. And the Bible says that devils believe. That's right. They don't believe like we do. They they are aware of who he is. And the Bible says they are horrified or terrified. But our belief leads us to embrace him. Mm-hmm. That's not just being cognizant of it, but we embrace him. Mm-hmm. And it's a living belief. And and we know that because when God told Abraham to take his son and offer him, he had to have recognized his voice. Mm-hmm. Don't you think he would... It, what? <laughs> yeah. And he was convinced of that to the point that he'd already decided, well, I guess God's going to raise you from the dead. It was crucial that he recognized the voice of the Lord in order to embrace and believe. Well, he, well, he even makes a statement of faith in that whole context. Right. He says, the boy and I are going to go yeah. and worship. Right. And we'll return. Yeah, we're coming back. Yeah. 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 But he, and this is after he has, he has gotten his marching orders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's at the bottom of the mountain and telling his saying, just yeah. stay here, we're going out, yeah. we're coming back. Yeah. 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 Can you only imagine the, the, the servants are standing there going, where's the sheep? <laughs> you know? No, no, no. Imagine the son. Oh, the son. Say, where's the sheep? Yeah. 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 But then also think about the faith it takes in the son in his father. Because in, 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 the Bible says that he was in the very act when the ram came out of the thicket. Now, the humility of the son. Just, yeah. just so you know, Shake, that uh, that translation of the word voice in the King James, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's voice. Cold. Hebrew cold. Cold. Yeah. The same word, two it's verses a, later. And it, it, it is used as voice oh. in the Hebrew. Yeah. So, voice. Wow. Got to think about that. <laughs> I, I think the testimony of God is greater than the testimony of man. 
and it begins by understanding Jesus is the Son of God. That's mm-hmm. the that's the foundation of our faith that even children can understand as He shared. And and then it's it's good to receive God's affirmation, His testimony about us, not just about Himself, about us. Mm-hmm. Because there are those characters in the world that are mean to us, will cuss us, will abuse us, will mistreat us, and it will shake us up if we don't receive and hold on to the testimony that God has revealed to us about ourselves. Um, God gave his son, and we believe in his son, we have eternal life. I'm going to live forever. So, sure, I may have some imperfections, but God's got a process going here, and he's not going to stop. And so even his worst enemies wind up working for him. So uh, <laughs> somebody causes wow. me pain, what does it do? Wow. It makes me When someone causes me pain, it makes me run to the Lord in prayer. And so that attempt to divert me becomes a bank shot that runs me close to the Lord. So if I was the enemy, I would feel used. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever I do, it just backfires because they run. I'm sure Satan does feel used. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, God's Your purposes God's there. purposes are done. Drawing us closer to Jesus and holding on to our faith in him and faith in what he says about life and, and us as his children. Hey brothers, you have any input for us? Hey Al. Hello. Al. Yes, sir. Hello. It's Al. I just I, I just I got something right at the end where Shake was talking about a about abrasive people and how they uh how they can you know sharpen and polish you you just got to be careful that they don't sit in one spot too long (laughs) (laughs) uh, that's good they are they are the kind of people that you have to keep moving on you know Uh, uh, grind through in one spot you know yeah but it was very well done i I would hate to see what would happen if Shake would sit down and actually actually write something out and go ahead and prepare a lesson because uh, this was awesome. Yeah. Man, that puts a whole other slant on turning the other cheek. Okay, this one hadn't been done yet. That's great. Well, thank you, Hal. Bless you, brother. You bet. Thank you.